Hey folks, thank you for taking the time to join us. My name is Jason. I'm one of the pastors at Clearview Community Church. Now, how many of you have ever been in a boat on the ocean? I grew up in Newfoundland and I spent a lot of time on the Atlantic Ocean. When I was a kid, our family would go fishing, all four of us in a 16-foot canoe with my dad's 2.5 horsepower motor on the back. One time, a storm came up and dad started heading toward shore. Now, I was pretty young, so I don't remember all the details, but apparently, our canoe would go down in the wave and we couldn't see land. Then we would go up and ride the top of the wave and my brother and I would be yelling, "Wee!" And my mom was holding the gunnels of the canoe, petrified we were going to die, and dad was just trying to get us safely to shore. Viewing a storm from the safety of shore can actually be enjoyable. Maybe you have done that overlooking Georgian Bay, watching a storm roll in. However, when you are on the water, storms can be scary. It's the same in life. The storms we go through can be scary and overwhelming. Sometimes you're in those waves and you can't see the land around you and you start wondering where God is in all of it. You start to question whether or not you're going to make it. But here's the truth. Having Jesus in your life doesn't mean the storms of life won't hit. It means the storms of life won't sink you. If you have your Bible, I want you to grab those out and turn to Luke chapter 8. We're going to pick things up in, in verse 22. Now, Jesus has been traveling around the region called Galilee. He's been teaching people and healing people, and large crowds have been following him. And as he would often do, Jesus wanted to spend some kind of alone time with his disciples. So he suggests, hey guys, let's go for a little boat ride. So Luke 8, verse 22, we read this. One day, Jesus said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and set out. And as they sailed, he fell asleep. The Gospel of Mark actually says that Jesus grabbed a cushion and curled up and basically took a nap. So they get into this boat and we're told immediately Jesus falls asleep. He doesn't, he's not worried about anything. He doesn't give instructions to the disciples. Now, listen, boys, take care of the sail. Looks like there's some bad, bad weather ahead of us. No, he, he's just exhausted. And so he has a nap. And they begin to row. And then what happens? Verse 23, a squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped and they were in great danger. Now, many of the disciples are veteran fishermen who knew this lake. It, the lake is uh, in a depression that's almost 700 feet below sea level, surrounded by mountains. So winds will funnel down the hills and violent storms suddenly start. These are fishermen. These are not novices. And they realize the storm is extremely bad. It is completely dark. Picture it in your mind now. The boat is going down. Where is Jesus? He's taking a nap. And now they're fighting for their lives. I can hear them. Jesus I thought I heard you tell us, go to the other side of this lake. Now we're going to drown. I want you to catch this. Did Jesus know there was going to be a storm? Perhaps he is God in the flesh, but regardless, we do know this. Jesus' plan was to go to the other side, and a little storm wasn't going to hinder his plan. It didn't matter 
what they faced in the process of getting there. Have you ever had that happen in life? God, I thought I heard you take this job. God, didn't you say for my family to move to this new neighborhood? I thought you told me to befriend that person or maybe apply to that college or to trust that person. Look, look where it's gotten me now. Look at this mess that I'm in. Here's the truth about storms. Storms can hit suddenly and without warning. Life storms are like that. Right now, things might be smooth sailing. In a matter of hours, without warning, you're in the middle of a crisis. As you live life, you will encounter storms. The Gospel of Mark, we read that other boats actually came along with them. They wanted to tag along. If this was a fairy tale, we might read that when the storm came and the other boats were swamped, but the boat that Jesus was in was sailing on uh, water as smooth as glass. But that's not what we read, is it? Jesus' disciples were not exempt from the storms of life. Storms will hit those who follow Jesus just as they hit those who don't. In fact, this storm didn't hit the disciples because they were being disobedient or anything. It was actually because they had obeyed Jesus. Jesus said, let's go over to the other side. And they obeyed him, and it led them straight into a storm. See, obeying Jesus may place you smack dab in the middle of storms you would have avoided if you'd stayed on the shore. I've often had times of testing come as a result of taking new steps of obedience. When Sarah and I uh, moved our family here to Collingwood, we believed God was leading us to plant our church. We moved in February of 2020. We had a rental booked for only three months. Our kids had no school. They, we couldn't get them into school. Sarah had no job. And in March of 2020, you know what happened, the world went all crazy. And when we finally went to buy our home, five days before the closing, the bank changed their mind on our financing because of some new restrictions. Now, just in case you're worried, we're not homeless and our kids are in school and my wife has a job. But the point is this. Being obedient to Jesus does not exempt you from storms. It often leads you right into the storm. But here's, here's something I want you to grab. A storm may push you a little off course, but it doesn't mean God won't get you to the destination he has planned for you. Just because you may find yourself in the midst of a storm doesn't mean you didn't hear the voice of God. Don't mistake a storm for misguidance. So the disciples are, they're freaking out, right? And Jesus is taking a nap. In verse 24, we read this. The disciples went and they woke him up, saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. The Gospel of Mark says this. The disciples woke him up and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Jesus, what is the deal? You call us to follow you. We obeyed you. We're going to drown here. Don't you even care about us? It would be one thing if Jesus had said, Men, a storm is coming. Now, Peter, you stay at the helm. John, make sure that sail is secure. James, get that gear tied down. If Jesus had been actively involved, giving orders, telling them, hang in there, guys, we're going to make it. The storm would have been difficult, but bearable. But when they needed Jesus' leadership and assurance, where was he? Once again, he's cuddling a cushion, sleeping oblivious to their need. Have you ever felt like that in the midst of trial? You were in it 
and it seems as if Jesus has checked out and left you all alone. You're bailing with your bucket as crazy as you can, as fast as you can, but the waves are winning. How many of you feel like the storm that you are in, the circumstances you are in, the activity going on around you, you feel like Jesus is asleep in the back of the boat? You're thinking, Jesus, I, I, I know you're in the boat, I know you're with me, but I don't feel like you see this. I, I don't feel like you even care because I'm not seeing anything happen right now and it seems like you're asleep on the job. And I'm calling on you and I'm asking for you to come and change this thing, but it seems like you are just fast asleep. You ever feel like that? The disciples are freaking out. But what was their reality? See, Jesus was with them in the storm. He hadn't gone anywhere. Question for you and I, who do you go to in the storms of life? Jesus is always there, even though sometimes it seems as if he's not. Here's what I've experienced. Often God waits until we are at the end of our strength and our power before he steps in so we understand how great our need is and how great he is. Even before the disciples called to him, Jesus was there with them in the boat, going through the storm with them. See, he has promised us never to desert us, never to forsake us. The Apostle Paul would write in Romans 8, 38, 39, that no trial can separate us from God. He writes this, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate us. Whenever you're in a storm, even though you may think at first that Jesus is not there, he is there. Maybe you are living your life and you are exhausted. You are weary. But listen to me, you need to do what the disciples did. It might be in a fit of panic, but you need to go to the master, to go to Jesus in prayer, to go to Jesus in scripture, to go to Jesus in song, to go to Jesus for help. The disciples did the only thing they could do. But notice when they went to Jesus, they didn't go to Jesus until they had exhausted all their own efforts. And so many of us live our lives in that same trap. Out of nowhere comes this great storm. We do things ourselves until the point that we're at our end. And then in desperation, we call out to Jesus, Jesus, help me. Don't you even care? I want to encourage you. And in transparency, it's not something I practice well. I tend to be very independent and stubborn. You can ask my wife. But we need to go to Jesus first. The disciples are freaking out. They wake Jesus up. I can picture Jesus. Can you picture him? He wakes up and he stretches and he yawns and he walks over to the edge of the boat. And verse 24, we read, he got up and he rebuked the wind and the raging waters. The storm subsided and all was calm. Where is your faith? He asked his disciples. Have you ever been near a body of water when the wind is blowing and the, there's waves and then the wind kind of dies down? What happens to those waves? Well, the waves actually continue to roll into shore. But in this moment, I want you to catch this. We are told Jesus speaks, and not only does the wind stop, everything immediately goes still, calm like glass. He looks at his disciples. I can see them with their 
of their mouths open in shock. They're soaked with water. Maybe they're picking themselves up off the, the deck of the boat from rolling around. They're absolutely stunned. They knew Jesus was a miracle worker. They'd seen that. They had seen him cast out demons. They knew he was a great teacher. They'd heard him teaching. But this was an entirely different level. Jesus not only rebukes the storm, he actually scolds his disciples. He says, where's your faith? Well, why? Why is he saying this? I mean, they were terrified. Why wouldn't they go to Jesus? See, because the storms of life often expose our hearts. We can fake it on calm water. You can fool others with how together you seem to be when life is going well. But crisis shows us a side of ourselves that we are often blind to. Crisis will reveal your faith. The disciples went to Jesus as we should, but Jesus knew their hearts. In this moment, Jesus is showing he has authority over the external things in our lives. But I want you to catch this. We would love for Jesus to calm the things around us, going on around us, and he can. But Jesus doesn't just want to stop at the external things in our lives. The great work he wants to do is something on the inside. The greater miracle is not that Jesus simply calmed the storm on the outside around you. The greater miracle would be for him to calm the storm on the inside of you. Jesus wants to do a transformation on you in the midst of the storm. Your character is developed through the storm in ways that it would never be if life was always calm. God does, God does this so that no matter what storm you face on the outside, you are strong and confident in your faith on the inside for anything, life, the enemy, this world throws at you. When you are confident in your faith on the inside, it doesn't matter what is going on on the outside. And for those of you who are listening who are followers of Jesus, Jesus wants to help you solidify your faith so that no matter what happens on the outside, the climate around you, the culture you find yourselves in, you can stay strong and immovable in Jesus because your faith is in him. Jesus is going deeper here. Jesus is getting to the heart of his disciples. Jesus says, okay, I've resolved this issue on the outside, but let me talk about the issue inside here. Guys, where's your faith? Because life's storms not only test and develop your character, it reveals it. It brings out what is already in you. Jesus says to each of us, let's get to the belief system within you because ultimately our beliefs dictate our behavior. Let's look at your faith. It will determine how you respond in the storm. It will determine how you step out to new things. Your faith, it will determine your perseverance in uncertainty. What you truly believe will determine your activity. Where does your faith lie? The disciples respond in verse 25. In fear and amazement, they asked one another, who is this? He commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. The disciples are bewildered. Who is this Jesus? We thought he was a holy man. He was a rabbi, a teacher, maybe a prophet, but this, this is beyond anything we understood. Who is he? And this is a great question that each of us need to answer. See, like many people today, they'll say Jesus is a good man. He's a good moral teacher. He's a great example. 
But here we see the divinity and humanity of Jesus coming together. His humanity, he's fully man, he's completely exhausted, and so what does he do? Well, we just read it, he needs a nap. But he's fully God, and the wind and the waves obey him. Jesus is creator. We read in Genesis 1 that everything that came into existence, God spoke it. God said it, and it happened. John 1.3 speaks of Jesus saying, all things are made through him. Colossians 1.16 says, by him all things were created. God spoke creation into existence. Mark's gospel tells us Jesus said, quiet, be still to the storm. Catch this. As Jesus opened his mouth and spoke those words, creation recognized the voice of the creator and obeyed. The disciples asked, who is this? You see, that was their problem. They really didn't realize who Jesus was up to this point. If they had known, they would not have been so amazed at what happened. They underestimated his power. Hear me. Your life storms will reveal your understanding of Jesus. And the disciples, they didn't understand at this point. But in seeing this, they recognize, who is this Jesus? He is God. Only God has the authority to command the wind and waves. Psalm 89.9 says, You, speaking of God, rule over the surging sea. When its waves mount up, you still them. These men were familiar with the Psalms. And Jesus, who has come to us, is the creator God. And he is sovereign, and he is ruling, and he is reigning, to the point that the wind and the waves obey him. And just as Jesus is in, in full humanity, encourages us because he understands us, he can relate to us in our needs, he's fully deity, he's fully God. And that should encourage us because he is powerful to act in your situation. Nothing is too difficult for the living God, and the better you know him, the better you can trust him. So as we wrap up today, I don't know what storm you find yourself in. I don't know what you're going through. But I can tell you this, Jesus is with you in the midst of it all. He hasn't left you. And the more you trust him in this storm, the more you will know him and be able to trust him in the next storm. If you actively trust Jesus in your current situation, your faith will be strengthened to trust him in whatever life throws at you. What storm do you need to invite Jesus into right now to recognize that he is there? You don't have to try and make it through in your own strength. Jesus is in, in the midst of the waves with you. Let me re remind you, faith sometimes is us going back to previous situations, remembering where God has shown himself faithful and saying, I saw Jesus work in the past. I know he will work in the now. Jesus wants to help you solidify your faith so that no matter what happens on the outside, you won't be shaken. Maybe today, maybe today you need to ask God to increase your faith. Later in Luke 17, the disciples actually asked Jesus, increase our faith. Remember, God wants to build you from the inside out. He wants to solidify your faith so that no matter what happens on the outside, you remain grounded in him. And maybe you're listening and you have never placed your faith in Jesus. You have never believed that he is God and believed that he can save you, that he wants to be involved in your life. The disciples ask, who is this? This is the most crucial question that each of us need to answer. Who is this Jesus? Who is Jesus to you? 
and what are you going to do with it? If you've never placed your faith in Jesus, I wanna encourage you in this moment to turn to him. Why don't you join with me as we pray? Jesus, I thank you that you are creator, you are God, and you are our savior. I thank you that you came into the world to live without sin, to die for our sins, and to rise to give us salvation. We thank you, Jesus, that you are ruling and reigning over creation even now, even today. And we thank you that whatever storm we find ourselves in, no matter how hard we have rode against it, that if we simply come to you, you love us and you help, help us navigate through it. That you promise always to be with us. So we love you, we worship you, Jesus. We thank you that we get to live this life with you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, my friends. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to us. <laughs> Take care.